Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. A great good afternoon. How are you? And welcome. It's so we're so thankful that you joined us on this Tuesday, March 21st, the year 2023. Boy, Indiana never wants to see Miami in any sport. The men from Miami knocked off Indiana's men in the NCAA tournament. One day later, the women upset number one seeded Indiana in the women's national championship tournament. Indiana was the one seed in LSU's regional. So we've got a lot in store for you today, including an update on LSU spring football. McNeese baseball's on a roll. We'll talk to their head coach, the NBA, coming down the stretch run and a lot dealing with the New Orleans Saints. All coming your way. But first... I'm going to introduce my main man, my producer, James Mesh, who's inside the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. He's pressing all the buttons, pushing all the tunes. It's right there on the campus of Delta Media, which is where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. The LSU women's basketball team saw its odds to win a national championship improve significantly after the first weekend of March Madness. After opening the tournament at plus 2,000 to win the national title, LSU is now down to plus 1,200. Certainly helps the Tigers made it through the Baton Rouge part of the bracket, beating Hawaii, which they did not beat the point spread as they were favored by 32, but they bounced back and beat Michigan. Um, rather handily so that helped also as i just mentioned the number one seed in their region indiana was upset by miami last night 70 to 68 how about that lsu is now a favorite over utah in their first sweet 16 in the kim mulkey era the tigers are the number three seed in the greenville regional two utah is seeded number two but lsu is favored by five points in the other regional game number four seeded villanova is a two and a half point favorite over miami so stay tuned for that LSU football back from spring break. Um, Brian Kelly ran through some early morning drills, a little cool, cool temperatures. Uh, but 
They got some things done in terms of unexpected injuries who weren't on the field. Offensive lineman Miles Frazier, defensive lineman Bryce Langston were not out there today. Uh, only six true offensive linemen were working today. Uh, so injuries always a part of things, uh, and we'll see. Harold Perkins was working with inside linebackers during the 20 minutes that uh, reporters could watch the individual drills. We will have a, an updated report here shortly uh, from Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com. Word is out on the incentive-based contract of Michael Thomas. Technically, it's a two-year deal that automatically voids in 2025, but it's really a one-year deal worth between $6.26 million and $15 million since massive bonuses will be triggered if he's still on the roster on day three of the 2024 league year. He's got all kinds of incentives. $250,000 if he has 100 receptions. If he gets to 110, add another 250,000. If he gets to 120 receptions, add another 250,000 for a maximum of 750,000. He'll get $250,000 if he catches seven touchdown passes and on and on and on, all the way up to a million dollars if he's the NFL offensive player of the year. So, Stay tuned for that one. Has a team ever drafted a player in the fourth round, cut him after training camp, then signed him again in free agency 13 years later? That would be the wild bookend for the former Saints and LSU player that they technically hit on and missed on because today – the Seattle Seahawks have released veteran defensive tackle Al Woods. So stay tuned for more on that one um, as we see what happens. Things happening in the NFL a week after releasing Ezekiel Elliott. The Dallas Cowboys have agreed to a one-year deal with free agent running back Ronald Jones. Um Rick Patino introduced as the new head coach of St. John's today. I think it's a slam dunk. Cannot possibly miss win for the Red Man. Oh, the World Baseball Championship title is on. The World Baseball Classic title is on the line. And it's the USA versus Japan, which means Mike Trout for the USA and Shohei Otani for Japan in the finals tonight. Will Otani pitch in the winner-take-all affair? Who knows? Japan had a thrilling win over Mexico in dramatic fashion to get to the championship game. Uh, and we'll see if Otani, he's not going to start as a pitcher, but if the game's on the line, as Japan rallied for a 6-5 to five walk-off win over Mexico yesterday, they'll face the USA tonight at 6 p.m. I love the enthusiasm of this. 
I love it. The USA seeking back-to-back WBC titles. Japan is the only team with multiple WBC titles back in 2006 and 2009. Merrill Kelly will be the starter for the USA. Shota Imananga uh, will be the starter for Japan. Shota Imanaga will start for Japan. So, um, man, I know a lot of players have been getting hurt, but, um, man, this has been just dramatic and incredible. Otani last pitched last Thursday in Japan's win over Italy in the quarterfinals. He worked four and two-thirds innings, allowed two runs on four hits with five strikeouts and one walk. Of his 71 pitches, 48 went for strikes. If he does pitch in the final, Otani would do so on the standard four days of rest. I think Japan wants to win this thing big time. I think they're going to pitch him. I think he's going to pitch in relief, but I think he's going to pitch. Um, And the USA has just been incredible at the plate. Just incredible. So looking forward to to that, to say the very, very least. LSU Gymnastics is headed to Denver for the regional round of the NCAA Gymnastics Championships, which begin March 31st. The Tigers uh, are the number six seed, so they'll bypass the play-in round one and head straight to round two, where they're grouped with number 11, Oregon State, number 19, Georgia, and number 23, Nebraska. To advance, LSU will need to place first or second in their four-team grouping LSU baseball back on the diamond today. Oh, by the way, the LSU women's game uh, against Utah uh, in the sweet 16 will tip off at 4 30 PM our time, 4 30 PM our time. And they will depart at noon tomorrow from LSU on Wednesday to head to Greenville, South Carolina. They're asking fans to show up outside of tiger stadium and send them off in good um, fashion, good fashion. Again, LSU baseball back on the hill against Central Arkansas today, uh, tonight, 6.30 first pitch. You can listen to it right here on the game. Central Arkansas is 11-8. and eight. Uh, Take into consideration that they defeated Vanderbilt in Nashville 5-4 to four on February 21st. So anything can happen. Uh, once you're past that, Um, then you've got a fantastic SEC home opener. In the latest college baseball rankings, LSU is number one, 18-2 overall, 2-1 in the SEC. Florida is number three, Vanderbilt number four, Arkansas five, South Carolina 11, Tennessee 12, Ole Miss 13, Texas A&M 21, Missouri 22, Kentucky 23. So in the top 25, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams from the SEC. Holy cow. That's just absolutely remarkable. Remarkable. So we got a busy, busy show planned for you and yours. We'll take our first time out of the day. Uh, when we return, Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com, with an LSU spring football practice report. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
You want to see the defending World Series champs in person? Well, you're in luck because the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our first Astros weekend getaway of the season. Houston takes on the Texas Rangers on Saturday, April 15th, and you can be there. Register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back at 16, oh, 17 minutes after the hour on this Tuesday, March 21st, after a little hiatus for spring break. LSU football was back on the practice field. Full pads, I think I saw somewhere uh, early this morning under cool, crisp temperatures. Um, So let's go to the source who's there for all of these practices, and that's the one and only Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com. Michael, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm not used to waking up at 6 a.m. to uh, go to cover football practice, but that's what Brian (laughs) Kelly has us doing this spring. Yeah, but at least your day gets started early and it ends early, man. I'm, I'm, well, you, I'm just an early But bird, you know what? So That's exactly what the LSU football players are telling us. We, we, we haven't had player interviews yet, but when we walk out of Brian Kelly talking to us, that's about the time they're walking out, you know, ready to go to class and with a meal after practice, and the, the, the players love it. So yeah. they, they, get their, they get their practice done, and they go to the class from like 11 to 3 or 4, and then they've got the whole late uh, uh, afternoon, early evening, and evening to uh, all of themselves. I wonder they're not going to do this once fall arrives, are they? They're going to practice in the afternoon, or do you think this is going to be a morning thing forever? Uh, no, I, I think it'll go back in the fall. But okay. uh, it's right. just for this spring. But you figured something was up when they were announcing uh, it back in January about uh, for walk-ons uh, to, to apply or, or, or check within – and one of the criteria was that you had to have uh, an open class schedule uh, in the morning until 11 a.m. So there you go. I had a figure. I had a feeling they were going to be doing this. All right. So this, I believe, is their third practice. Uh, their first after coming back from spring break. Why don't you give us a uh, from the 20 or 25 minutes that you were out there? What did you see? What stood out to you? Uh, it was very similar to the first practice that we got. Um, they're still. Um, in shorts and helmets. Uh, the next practice will be in full pads. And I, I know the, I talked to uh, Quincy Wiggins walking to the car, and they're they're ready to get going uh, with uh, with that. Uh, I, I guess that'll be Thursday for them. But we don't get right. access again until Saturday. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, I, look, I, I really like to look at Trey Holly out there, the, the true freshman running back. I think Omar Spates at number wearing number one at linebacker. I, I, I like the way he looks. I think a lot of the guys are in shape. I asked Brian Kelly um, in his press conference, "What is the difference strength conditioning wise uh, at this point compared to last year?" And uh, he said that you know they had one guy who could run over the do the twenty mile an hour deal, and now they have nine. Uh, hmm. 
And so that was, that was pretty eye-opening uh, for him to say that today. But um, I, I think we're going to know a lot more when we see him on Saturday. A lot of stuff was just drills, uh, quarterbacks throwing uh, to different spots. Um, and Matt House in, in the defensive group looked like they had – I look like they had a little bit more energy about them than, than the offense this morning, but that was only in the time that we were there. Okay. Usually after you have a long break like that, you're a little rusty. Um, I, is this a coaching staff that is very vocal and very demanding? How, how would you describe them? Oh, yeah. Um, Jancic out there, of course, the new outside linebackers coach and, and special teams coordinator was uh, very vocal and colorful and um, – if you tune into our video on Tiger Bait, uh, okay. uh, he was really, it, it was, um, I guess, uh, HBO After Dark. He was, <laughs> was getting after it. It was pretty good. <laughs> um, the running back room was very, very limited. Is anybody else back now? Are they getting a little bit healthier, or what's the status there? It, it looks like the same guys that uh, we knew going into spring are still in the same place where they're at. Um, you know, does you know, Armani Goodwin or any of those guys that were uh, listed as the guys who could do some things but um, be limited? Um, I think maybe some of those guys will, will, will come a little bit later in the coming weeks. Okay. Um, but uh, when you look at the offensive line group, and he mentioned it in his press conference, that is a very thin group. They don't have a whole lot of numbers there. So I – this whole spring game deal and how he handles that in, in, in spring scrimmages, it's going to be a very tight window of what he can actually do. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I he, hate you. you're, uh, he's already got one of his walk-on defensive linemen moved over to, to the offensive line to help out this spring. Just so they could practice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just so they could actually line up and go 11 on 11 and run something. Um, I hate spring games. I wish they would just have a practice and close it down. You don't have to invite fans to it. The fans are going to show up when it counts. You don't need to do a spring game, in my humble opinion. What do you I, think? I, you know, maybe, uh, we, we don't get, we'll get players on, on Saturday. And I'm, I'm assuming we'll get BK again next week, but, but I'm going to ask him that. But, um, I bet you if it was up to him, he'd prefer not to have a spring game. I don't know what the SEC network requires, what that contract is. True, They've got true. a time slot there. But even then, I, I mean, seriously, how many people are watching the SEC network and watching all the school's spring, spring games? I mean, well, there, you know, there, there's, there's a nothing few. more boring on television. All right. You know, there's a few of them, but I mean, come on. It's just, yeah, I, I would rather them just have a regular practice, get their drills in and forget about all that. But that's just me. So coaches are coaches. They're going to do well, what they want. to. I think they use it more like an event. And then that's always yeah. a big day for recruits. So right. I think that's probably where if they're going to go in the other direction and on the, and their opinion on it, yeah. I, I think it's more from the recruiting aspect. And, and having the day be more like an a, a, an event and uh, being more like those old purple and gold games that uh, they used to have when you played. Right. That's right. I, I remember um, Jared Denardo wanted to set a record. I think he got 40,000 people in Tiger Stadium. He did it at nighttime. It was it was pretty cool. But anyway, um, Harold Perkins, um, I saw somewhere that he's kind of working inside a little bit now. Yeah, and that's – I think that's where he would like to have him. Um, 
But man, he's so darn effective coming off the edge. But yeah, if he can, if he can be as effective uh, inside, I, I just don't know how you don't utilize him outside on occasion. Um, they're gonna have to do some do some unique things with him. I, I think. Right. But if Savion Jones and and uh, you know Quincy and, and and those guys come about, um, maybe maybe they'll be able to do it. I, I just don't know if, if you have Harold Perkins in the middle that you're ever going to see a performance again like he had against Arkansas or anything close right. to it. And and Mike, let's be honest. He's going to make a heck of a lot more money on the next level if he can rush the quarterback and affect the quarterback rather than being inside and having to play against the run game. He'd make a lot more money as a pass rusher. Yeah, but, but even then it's like, you know, how do the NFL guys look at him? Because – Height-wise and size-wise, he's not what they would want in an edge rusher. Um, you know, it's almost like he's kind of like a, a, a shorter Barkevius Mingo in, in his build. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he, he played running back in high school. Yeah, but he, he can play, man. He's he's something. Um, you mentioned the quarterbacks, Jaden Daniels. I saw pictures of him with uh, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud working out in California. What's uh, is he noticeably bigger to you? Yeah, I, I think he is. I thought I was looking at Nussmeyer as well. I think they both put on some size. Um, uh, they've all looked like they've got uh, much bigger legs. Um. You know, but okay. can he hold on to the weight? I mean, he he ought to be getting to that age where right. uh, it does nothing but now, but just go on and stay on. I'm with you, Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com. The Tigers will practice again on Thursday, um, close to the media, but they'll be back in action on Saturday, and they'll have they'll have a little window there, and then they'll be able to talk to Brian Kelly and hopefully some of the players as well. Um, yeah, the one, the, the one position that has numbers is defensive line, and really? they're going to have more come in June. Um, you know, the, the roster is, 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 is not as depleted it was when everybody's healthy and everybody's on campus, but not everybody is healthy and not everybody's on campus, so the numbers are going to be right in, in June. And of course, we'll also see what happens in May with the, uh, you know, the second uh, transfer portal period as right. to what players from LSU get in there and who else they might add. Right. Do you, Do you anticipate uh, several LSU players getting into that? I, I just think the, the the math says yes. I, I, yeah. I just think there's just always going to be somebody who feels that they're not going to get the playing time they're not going to get, right. and it's just the odds are there. Hey, how's that freshman quarterback from uh, Woodlawn High School look? Yeah, I, I thought he threw the ball uh, well this morning. Uh, I, got, I got some video of him as well. Uh, Ricky Collins looked uh, really good, and he also looks like he's he's gotten uh, bigger. Um, okay. So, and look, a lot of this will show up when they put on the pads, but uh, a lot of them look like in their legs that they, they they've been underneath the squat rack for a good bit. <laughs> From the eyeball test, and you've been around a long time and seen the, seen the best of LSU teams and the worst of LSU teams. From an eyeball perspective and how they move around and how, how they look and all that, pretty good team? I, th- I think so. I think they're all in very good shape. Uh, but, you know, a lot of them, they're, you can see the precaution, too. I, I've never seen so many knee braces uh, in my life. Um, Smart. They, 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 there, there's a ton of them being worn out there, which, which is good for them. 
Yeah. So they're, 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 they're being very safe with, uh, with that kind of stuff right now. I'm, they don't want anybody to get said, hurt uh, in, in, this, in these type of drills. I've always said you can't win games in the spring, but you can lose them, and that's because of injuries. Uh, so hopefully they will uh, avoid that boogaboo. So, all right. Um, so there you go. A little uh, uh, kind of in the morning, and Mike's Mike's work is almost done for the day. So that's that's a pretty yeah, well, good deal. You, you got baseball tonight. You got women's basketball. Uh, uh, they're starting to see it. Looks like for Mulkey, uh, Miami doing a number last night. That's right. Um, I had a lead eight. Maybe they end up being a Final Four team, but uh, but now Miami looks like they're they're a lot better than people think. So yeah, yeah, Utah's going to be pretty good too. So that's just yep. let's hold. Up. If they don't shoot the ball better from the perimeter, I'm telling you, they're very very susceptible to getting beat. So hopefully their guards will shoot it better, uh, and if they do shoot, they can get to the Final Four. No question yeah, about just, it. Alexis, Alexis Morris can't disappear for two or three no. periods. They can't shoot 35% from the field. I don't care how good your defense is. You just can't do it. You got to shoot in the 40s. If they do that, they got a chance to get to the final four. That's just my my take on it all. So Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. Subscribe. Give it a shot. It's a buck. And, uh, man, you'll get all the information, all the videos, everything. Mike, um, take care of yourself, man. Thank you so much. All right, Joy. Talk soon. Thanks. You got it. Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com. The hottest team around, well, McNeese Baseball. We'll talk to their manager, Justin. Why don't they call them managers? We'll talk to their head coach, Justin Hill, next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Brought to each and every day by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. And they call them discount outlets for a reason. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. By Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. By the Louisiana Lottery, so many games to play, but guess what? You can't win until you actually start playing by D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli tucked away in the corner, home of the best cheeseburger ever. And by Cajun Chef, ah, turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back 35 minutes after the hour. They're the hottest team in Louisiana. They've won seven straight baseball games, 11 straight within the friendly confines of Joe Miller ballpark. And tonight they take on the Houston Cougars at Joe Miller ballpark. Uh, led by the winningest coach in program history, the Southland Conference Coach of the Year after his team were the Southland Conference champions. They were the South. I mean, they've done it all. Uh, one of the deans of the coaching fraternity in the Southland Conference. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Justin Hill is in his 10th season as the head coach of the McNeese Cowboys coming off their third straight championship season and fourth in five years. Justin. 
thank you for the time, man. Um, I could go on and on and on, but I'd like, I, I think people want to hear you talk rather than me about you. How you been, man? I mean, I'm good. Hey, when did we get so old, Jordy? What, what the heck, man? Hey, uh, we're, not, we're not old. <laughs> we're just, we're just wise, man. We're That's just right. good. That's right. You're having a good time still. I can tell. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, anytime you get to, uh, anytime you get a chance to do baseball, anytime you get a chance to be, um, you know, around kids um, and, and helping through probably one of the most important development times in their life and uh, get a chance to, you know, have a common bond to baseball and, and you know, uh, obviously have some success and, and make an impact in your community. And there's so many different things that, 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 are, that are such a great, uh, I mean, the positives certainly outweigh the negatives when you get a chance to do these things. So, um, man, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for the, for the opportunity that I've gotten to, to do this and, uh, you know, and uh, just enjoying it. That's, that's the best, uh-huh. probably the best way to say it. Before we get more into baseball, I'm just kind of curious, the Will Wade effect, things kind of perked up a little bit around there with him? Well, I mean, there's obviously uh, a lot of excitement uh, over in the Legacy Center uh, right now. And, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of noise, a lot of things that, that, that uh, buzz and attention that have kind of happened. And, uh, you know, it's one of those deals where, man, it happens right in the middle of the season for us. So we've kind of had <laughs> our head down. You know, I was able to go see the press conference and things on our off day, but uh, other than that, uh, you know, we're just kind of kind of minding our own business over here, kind of trying to take care of business here. So I'm, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure you'll see a bigger part of the impact, uh, obviously, when it gets closer to basketball season. Well, you've kept your head down and kept the business. You're 15 and five. You're out to the best start through 20 games since the 2017 season. And you've got quite a home ballpark advantage with 11 straight wins. I'm not trying to jinx you. Uh, the fourth longest streak in school history. Um, you have developed a program there. Players come. They they are held to a certain standard. You demand it. Uh, and your players seem to always buy in. Well, I mean, I, I was around some really good ones, you know, and I said this from the get go is, man, if I'm a bad coach, it's my own fault. You know, I mean, you know, when you, when you're, uh, when you had a chance to be coached by Skip Burtman and, uh, Smoke Laval and, and had a chance to work under, uh, Mitch Gaspard and Jeff Shakespeare and, um, you know, Mark Johnson. I mean, you, J.R. Teagues. I mean, you keep doing all those kind of things, man. Right. I mean, at some point, you know, you, you're going to, I mean, you're going to figure out something. If they forgot something, you pick that up. You got a chance to be pretty good. Uh, and, and again, I've had I've had great coaches and great players, and uh, have I, you're, you're going to like this one, okay? This, you're going to love okay. this one. So we we, we uh, you know we, we've been very fortunate with the transfer portal. We haven't had a ton of guys leave. We have had a few guys, but we've picked guys up. We actually had a kid leave in the transfer portal, go to a member conference school, and he finished his playing career there. But when we had our alumni game. He came back no. for our alumni game. So uh, that, that just goes to tell you kind of just a little bit about how uh, things are here. You know, it's different. It's different. So, uh, it's different. you know, you can't make that kind of stuff up. No, no. You can't make up stuff like your second baseman, Brad Burkell, um, who – <laughs> transferred from the team that you're playing tonight, Houston, to McNeese following the 21 season. And he's going up against his brother, Brandon Burkell, who's a sophomore second baseman for Houston. So it's the battle of the Burkells tonight. No doubt. I, I hope the, uh, I hope the older, the elder one, uh, you know, gets bragging rights at the dinner table. That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for tonight. So, <laughs> 
Your your middle infield, uh, obviously they're good with the glove, but between Burkell hitting three thirty three and shortstop Josh Leslie uh, leading the team and ranked number one in the Southland, 21st nationally with 29 runs batted in, what are you feeding those guys in the middle infield? I thought they were supposed to just kind of bunt and get on base and steal bases, but your guys are knocking in runs. Well, you know, I told you I graduated from the Skip Bertman. We don't, we haven't bunted a whole lot this year. I mean, we may try to run a little bit, but you know, we're going to line up and try to hit with them. Uh, and hey, that that means other guys are getting on base ahead of him. You know, what Cooper Hex is doing, Brad Raquel sitting ahead of him. Uh, you know, Peyton Harden, you know, the reigning Player of the Year. I mean, we got, you know, you got you got to have guys on base. I mean, look, it it takes a team to have success, and you know, to sustain success and to have real success. Uh, every, anybody can have a good day, um, but to, put up, to, to have a streak and uh, have a great season and do all this kind of thing, it, it certainly takes a team. Justin Hill, the head coach of the um, McNeese Cup. Why do they call professional baseball coaches the manager? I, I think you'd be the manager of McNeese baseball. That'd be pretty cool. Why do they do that? Uh, man, I don't know. You know, I always found it more intriguing. Why do baseball coaches wear the uniform and not any other sports? You know, that, this, yes. is, this is the question we all need answered, you know. Uh, yeah, because we y'all, need y'all Coach just have Kelly over in LSU to be suited up, you know, with the with the gold pants and the white shirt. Like, that's what we need. So You don't want to uh, see basketball coaches with, with shorts on. You just don't want to see that, man. You, you don't. It just depends. I mean, are we talking about, you know, the 90s with the really long ones? Are we talking about the 70s with the shorty shorts? I Maybe. mean, which ones uh, are we talking about? You know, I the mean, 70s, I would Justin, I wouldn't have gotten a date in college if I wore those long baggy shorts. I had to show off my assets. Come on. Hey, we got to do what we got to do, don't we? We got to so. do what we got to do. It wasn't that long ago on a serious note that that we had talked. It was right after the hurricane. You had no place to play. I mean, it was a, it was a devastation. Now that that's a it, it's never out of the rearview mirror. It's still it's still around. But. How much more of an appreciation do you have for the little things that were so abruptly taken away and took so much to rebuild it again? Well, the the thing you find out uh, when when you have everything taken away, you find out what's really the most important thing. And, uh, hey, you know, uh, having a baseball field is a big deal. It gives us a place to be together. But more importantly, uh, it's a, it's always been about people because uh, yeah. uh, you can't replace people. You can rebuild things, uh, you know. But but you know, people are the ones that that make things happen. I mean, if we, we we're not going to be anywhere without the people that 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 stuck with us um, and did not go in the transfer portal, that uh, stuck with us and graduated and did what they had to do and trained on their own and uh, continue to come in and all those kind of things. Because you know, like you said, I mean. Uh, we're still working on rebuilding some things and getting back offices and, you know, just, I mean, I, I think there's a, you know, I, there was something I saw right before uh, we got on. All you got to do is type in McNeese and Twitter and saying, I think we're somewhere at East State University, somewhere in the neighborhood of $60 million uh, still waiting on uh, repairs with some wow. things, not all things, but some things. So right, uh, I, right. I may have misquoted the exact amount, but the, the fact of it is, uh, it's not, it's not back, you know, and, but, but the thing is the people are here and the people are here. That's the most important thing. And it always will be the most important thing. McNeese almost left the Southland conference, but, um, stayed. Mm-hmm. And because of staying, you, you kind of held them and say, okay, we'll stay. If basketball 
postseason tournament there. The Southland Conference baseball tournament is going to be at Joe Miller Ballpark. That's pretty darn exciting, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it is exciting. But, you know, the first thing you got to do, you got to qualify for the tournament. Not everybody gets in, you know, and, right. and we want to make sure that we're uh, that we that we're coming to the party that we're hosting. That, that's going to be the biggest thing. And, you know, we start conference play this weekend. Uh, obviously, yeah. we've got a great opponent in Houston this week. Uh, our first ESPN Plus game, uh, you know, this season. So uh, a lot of things that are that are good for us, but obviously our eyes are, you know, and our preparations are going to be toward uh, conference play. It's a 24-game sprint. And, That's right. Uh, you know, th- those those games feel like they count double. <laughs> they sure do. Houston tonight, 6 o'clock. And then, as Coach said, the start of Southland Conference play Friday at 6 as the Nichols Colonels come to town uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled for you, man, that, that, that things are going so well. Um, keep up the good work. And we're not getting old. We're just getting better, dude. We're getting better. <laughs> Beats the alternative, right. doesn't it? That's for sure. Absolutely. Look, um, you're still grilling in the backyard, man? Because I, I remember you telling me that. You became an expert on the grill. Hey, man, we did the grilling, you know, became a little bit of a carpenter. I mean, there's lots of things you learn when you're when you're a baseball coach around here. So uh, <laughs> so very, very versatile uh, in my resume and things, for sure. Uh, that's awesome. Continued success. Stay healthy. Uh, good luck against Houston, and most importantly, uh, against Nichols this weekend, buddy. Always great catching up with you, and thank you so much on a game day for taking some time out for us. Because you know we're on in Lake Charles on one hundred four one KLCJ, so we're here, there, and everywhere. That's right. That's right. So listen up. We get some good stuff for you. No doubt, Jordy. I appreciate you having me on. It's always a pleasure. You're the best. Justin Hill, thank you. Justin Hill, the head coach slash manager of the McNeese Cowboys. Seven-game winning streak, 11 straight wins at home. They'll take on Houston tonight. Southland Conference opener against Nichols this Friday night. So best of luck to them. We'll take a timeout here, and we'll come back with more as we wrap up our number one on this Tuesday edition next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's crawfish time. Oh, yes. And the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, is giving you a chance to win everything you need to throw the ultimate crawfish boil party. It's the game's ultimate crawfish boil giveaway cooked up by St. Landry Lumber, Cody's Crawfish, and Iron Horse Sales and Service. Go register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com. If you do, you have a chance to score a $500 Visa gift card, a boiling pot, a burner, a paddle, ice chests, tumblers, chairs, and two giant sacks of live crawfish. Man, just add that Cajun Chef hot sauce. Whoo, yeah. Plus, we're throwing in a pair of Astros tickets. So enter now. It's the ultimate crawfish boil giveaway cooked up by St. Landry Lumber, Cody's Crawfish, Iron Horse Sales and Service, and the game. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
61 minutes after the hour on this Tuesday, March 21st. Hope you're having a great day. Uh, They call it March Madness for a reason. According to statistics, after one weekend of March Madness, just two number one seeds remain, and only half of the 10 most popular champion picks are still alive. There are no remaining perfect men's brackets. The last few to survive, 26 in total, were knocked out when a certain FDU shocked Purdue on the second day of the tournament. Overall, just three brackets out of 30 million, three out of 30 million correctly picked 15 teams in the sweet 16 holy cow that's uh that's that's kind of remarkable um so we'll see um it all gets back underway on thursday and um that'll be pretty good lsu men's basketball needs to um get themselves back in in consideration and because of that matt mcmahon is is got to hit the transfer portal um one player that lsu has, has made contact with is former north carolina guard Dontrez styles a six foot six player spent two seasons with the tar heels only played 15 games this season his production has dipped and dipped and dipped he's been contacted by nc state and west virginia amongst others um he was a four-star recruit and a top 75 prospect in the 2021 recruiting class so it's not surprising that uh, there's some interest from programs that need some help and lsu is certainly one of those teams that needs uh, a lot of help oh they're crying all over the place Detroit Mercy's Antoine Davis says he felt cheated out of something after falling short of Pistol Pete's scoring record um his ball club the Titans didn't receive a bid for the CBI postseason tournament ending its campaign that also meant the end of Antoine Davis's hopes of surpassing Pete as the all-time career scoring leader he came up four points shy uh, of that record so it is what it is he can't uh, get it bob is joining us on the game hotline at 706-0111 hey bob thanks for the call what's on your mind today oh hey jordy uh you were you were back then uh going to them games when uh, pistol pete was playing at the uh, the uh, the p back in the day weren't you no, he never played in the PMAC. That was the building that Pete built. He always played in the in the Ag Center. Um, and I never saw a game in the Ag Center, but they would come to New Orleans, and they played Tulane and Loyola every year in New Orleans. And I went to every one of those games. Okay, well, the, the point I'm trying to get to is, you know, you, back then, you know, they wouldn't go see the uh, the varsity team play when, when he was a freshman. They went to see That's him. Right. You could say it was the, uh, the, the Pistol Pete effect. Where That's you right. know he just he just had a new phenomenon and everybody wanted to see him. Well, and, and, I think it. Go ahead. Was that Jordan? Yeah, go ahead, Bob. No, you finish your thought. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, then uh, you. I think we got that same thing going on in Iowa in women's basketball that Caitlin uh, Caitlin She's Clark. Terrific. You know they sold out every game this year. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's because of that girl. It's not, it's not about the team. I mean, when no, she leaves, they're going to go back to whatever they were before. I mean, I right. think right there what she's doing is pretty much uh, kind of comparable with uh, Pistol Pete did. 
Yeah, she she is awesome. And with her leaving and Aaliyah Boston leaving at South Carolina, LSU is going to get a lot of players back. Next year is LSU's year to possibly cut down the nets. They're going to be a prohibitive favorite. They got the number one recruiting class. A lot of these players are coming back. I believe Angel Reese is going to come back. I don't know where else she would go. She's having too much fun. So I think next year is going to be their year. But you make, you bring up a great point where Pete, you know, that when he played as a freshman, they packed the house as soon as the game was over everybody would leave because the varsity was terrible just think if they put pete's freshman points total combined with his three varsity years i mean this this kid at detroit mercy no no fault of his own but it wouldn't even be close it wouldn't even be close but and then he's crying that they didn't allow him to play in a postseason game man it's gonna be yeah. quiet but you don't have you don't need to be ahead of Pete uh, maverick that's you never deserve – nobody deserves to be ahead Preach of him in any kind of record. Preach to me, baby. Preach to me. I'm with you. I am with Hello? you 100%. Thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it, man, and uh, you keep listening. We we certainly appreciate that as well. Coming up, hour number two of the program, uh, Grant Hughes will join us. Uh, the Pelicans play tonight against the San Antonio Spurs, who is the MVP, uh, and so forth and so on. We'll get his thoughts on the league with about 11 games left to go in the regular season marathon. And then Bob Rose will join us. Lots of things going on with the New Orleans Saints. We've got uh, an idea now of the Michael Thomas contract. Um, there's some other free agents out there. What are the Saints going to do about that? Have, are they, have they answered some of the, most of their needs? What are they going to do about uh, the upcoming draft and all this kind of stuff that we'll discuss with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network that we do each and every Tuesday. All right, we're going to take our final time out here. Hour number one is in the books. Hour number two straight ahead. So that means the top of the hour sports update, amongst many other things. You're listening to the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. We'll be back. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Our number two of two. And away we go on this Tuesday, March 21st, the year 2023. James Mesh back in the Master Control Suite in the EPCO Development Studios. EPCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. He's on the campus of Delta Media, where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're on what KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we're simulcast on stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS fiber. We begin our number two with some sad news um, from Louisiana. Uh, and I got to know him real well. He was an executive with the New Orleans Hornets back in the day. Willis Reed, the Hall of Fame center who helped the New York Knicks win two championships during the 1970s. He has died. He was 80 years young. And with that note, we are thrilled to be joined by um, our NBA uh, analyst and expert, uh, Grant 
Hughes. Grant, good afternoon, sir. Uh, I hate to be- start off on a dour note like that, but uh, your recollections of Willis Reed. Yeah, you know, I just saw that myself. Uh, it, it's uh, it's tough. I, You know, everybody remembers him coming out of the tunnel in that final series uh, with, I can't remember what the injury was. It might have been like a torn groin or a hip or something that he shouldn't have been playing on. Right. Uh, but I think people forget he won the 1970 MVP. I mean, this wasn't yep. just a guy that had a moment. This He was a great player. A very great player from the state of Louisiana. Um, um, and uh, I remember he was the head coach at um, at Creighton at one point in time. And LSU was hot after a kid inside the, the boundaries of, uh, of Louisiana and a big seven-footer. And Willis came in and swooped him up and took him to Creighton. Uh, and that was all show. But anyway, um, okay, here we are. We're almost down to the the, the mid-lower-level teens of games left to go. How would you sum up this NBA season to date? I mean, the first thing is uh, the offense. You know, we've talked all year about how offense is up across the board. Uh, you know, the, the teams that have been the best offenses this year are basically going to wind up as the best offenses ever just because scoring is up and efficiency is up. And nobody's totally sure why. So that's been a big thing. But then the other one is just the total mess in the standings in the West that has ah. persisted literally all season. It's just, I mean, mm-hmm what is it between four and 12 or something in the standings is two games apart. Basically. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, you're right. Um, the East may have better teams overall, but I think, is it a, is it a three team race? Is it a two team? What's the, what's the status of the Eastern conference? Yeah. For me, what's become clear in the last, uh, I don't know, three weeks or a month is that there's a top tier in the East and the Milwaukee Bucks are the only team in it. And it used to be a two team situation with the Celtics up there. The Celtics have been a 500 team since the all-star break. So they don't, you know, if there's peaking at the right time, they're definitely slumping at the wrong one. Um, Mm -hmm. But I put the Sixers right there with the Celtics. I think at that, you know, that second tier in the East behind the Bucks. There seems to be a chink in the armor of the Denver Nuggets. They're five and five in their last ten. They're now just a three and a half game game lead over the Grizzlies, who should get John Morant back by tomorrow. And those pesky Kings just don't go away. How do you sum up the West? Yeah, I think it's it's really difficult to pick anybody coming out of the West as a as a better you know championship threat than than whoever wins the East. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of belief in the Nuggets as a playoff team. I think their defense is really suspect. I think we've seen Nikola Jokic. I think if you give him the MVP, fine. If you give it to Embiid, fine. But as a playoffs defender, I have real questions there. The Grizzlies, yeah. I don't know either. They haven't proved anything. They like to talk a lot, but so far uh, they have not gone deep enough into the playoffs to concern me. And the Kings can't defend either. So what are we going to just assume Kevin Durant comes back for the Suns and, and the Suns are the favorite in the West? You could definitely talk me into that. Um, I, I just, the West is really tough. Uh, and I just, I have more questions than answers about almost every team in that top six. Well, finally, the Warriors ended 11-game road skid, compliments of the hapless Houston Rockets, who ended up beating my New Orleans Pelicans last Friday before the Pels got them on Sunday. Jeez, Louise. Um, what is the you, – you, you've mentioned before, you just think they're kind of like um, – 
I don't know. Let, let's just get into the playoffs and then we'll go. It, do you f- still feel that way about uh, Golden State? I think if you told me that they could, you know, they got in as, say, the sixth seed, talking about the Warriors, and they matched right. up with the Kings in the first round. And if Andrew Wiggins was back, remember, Wiggins is their best perimeter defender. You know, arguably their third best player has been out for personal reasons for, for you know, a couple, several weeks now. Don't know if he's coming back at all. If you said they had everybody there, then I'd take, you know, I'd feel pretty good about the Warriors. But but I think in addition to what you mentioned and what I thought, that they're just kind of, they can't find the urgency. You know, they're coming off a title. They, it's hard to really take every game seriously. I think there's some of that. But I just think that this team just does not have enough good perimeter defenders. They turn the ball over too much. They foul yeah. too much. They, they just, it's not just that they can't kind of find the reasons to compete. It's that, and maybe they're tired. I don't know. They play 100 games if you, if you win a title, basically, and, yeah. and they're older. Uh, I think it's more than just they can't find the urgency. I think there may just not be enough talent on the team right now. Man, I hope they go away because it's sure fun to watch that guy, Mr. Curry, play. Um, do we have a replacement now for Patrick Beverly? Is Dylan Brooks become the villain? What What is the deal? He picked up his 18th technical for taunting the Mavs bench, and it was hysterical. After the game, he's trying to exchange jerseys with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie handles his, hands him his jersey, and when Brooks goes to hand Kyrie his, Kyrie goes like, no, no don't need it, don't want it, not going to hang it up. <laughs> That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. You don't side with Kyrie Irving that often, but I think I probably would. Uh, I'd take his part in that one. I, <laughs> yeah. I think I think Brooks is really leaning into this this you know persona. Um, uh-huh. This this he wants to be the guy, the irritant, the the guy that is really the mouthpiece of the Grizzlies and is doing all the talking. And, and you, like, in addition to that, I mean, this is a guy that if I'm on a breakaway and he's chasing behind me, I'm probably more worried I'm going to get laid out by him than almost yes. anybody else in the league. Um, yes. So it's, there is some, some, some bite to the bark. Um, it's uh, frankly, I think that there's some dirty plays in there too, but you know, that's, if yep. you're going to take the Patrick Beverly mantle, you got to do that too. I, I just, I don't know if it's worth it to the Grizzlies, right? He's a great defender, but I don't know if you need all this extra stuff. I don't know if it's a net positive for them. You told me before the Utah Jazz were going to tank and try to get into the lottery, and here they come winning games. They've won two in a row. They're they're in the 10th seed right now. Outside looking in are the Lakers, a half a game behind the Jazz, and then the Pelicans are a full game behind the Jazz. Um, who out of Dallas, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, and Utah, who's the most susceptible to falling out to give maybe the Lakers and maybe the Pelicans a chance to move in to the top 10 yeah i think it's probably utah for a couple of reasons one of them being i think they probably would be among the teams that would prefer the draft pick improvement as opposed to let's be the 10th seed and try to get lucky in the plane and then get smoked in the first round i think right. i think they probably are you know they're rebuilding right they traded rudy gobert and donovan mitchell for a million first round picks they got a few too many really good young players to tank, and that's been the problem all year. They're, I mean, good problem, right? They have a mm-hmm. bunch of young talent. That kid, Walker Kessler, their rookie center, I think is is you know on track to be one of the best defensive players in the league. You know, as soon as next year potentially. Um, so I'd pick the Jazz. 
But I, I mean, that's not to say that I have a ton of faith in the Lakers or the Pelicans, right? They're, right. they're, they're both under 500. They both, I mean, we don't know if LeBron's coming back or for how long. And, and the Pelicans have just, I mean, that offense ever since Zion got hurt has just been yeah. brutal to watch. So I, yeah. I don't know how much faith I have in either of those. And I look at the schedule that the Pelicans have, and so much is going to depend if these teams start resting players and all that kind of stuff. They got to play Golden right. State. They got to play the Clippers, the Kings, the Nuggets. I mean, come on. I mean, gee whiz. Uh, that's going to be yeah. brutal. It's it's tough, and you don't know yet who's going to shut it down, right? I mean, Portland right. I think is a good bet. Damian Lillard may not play too many more games. So, it, but but look, as congested as the West standings are, and with with only a couple of teams in, in really either conference totally out of it, you may not get as many pushover games toward the end of the year as you might have seen in the past. So, uh, it, it's it's the schedule does tend to determine a lot in these last ten or so games generally yeah. speaking, but I, I just don't know who's going to play for any of these teams down the stretch. It, it, even that's a, a wild card in all this. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. How does Dame Lillard still want to stay in Portland? They're so bad. That guy's the most loyal player in the league. Yeah, I think I, part of me respects it because I think you get a little tired of, of guys changing teams all the time, and, and, yeah. and I'm not happy with this super team. I'm going to go to another one. And I think that hurts to me, it hurts kind of the fan aspect of it in some ways. But, I mean, while that's to his credit, at some point the Blazers have to give him something, give, put something around him to, to make it worth it. Because for me, yeah. I, I, he, Lillard is going to be on an all-NBA team this year. I think this has been arguably the best season of his career, and I think he's a Hall of Famer. So oh, no you've wasted this year. Are we going to do yeah. it again next year? <laughs> like how long? Nobody's patience is infinite. I would just say that. But his is about as long as anybody's. I mean, I, if I'm Lillard, I'm looking at, at, at Donovan Mitchell. And, uh, you know, he's he's with Cleveland. And he's in fourth place. And he's going to the playoffs. So, I mean, I, I, it just really does surprise me. Did, did it surprise you, the news coming out of uh, Michael Jordan possibly selling his uh, – his uh, ownership in the in the Hornets, a little bit. I think my my the more prominent emotion for me was was joy. I think he's been the worst owner in in the NBA. I mean that team <laughs> yeah. does not spend. It it it's been you know all they have is Lamelo Ball and basically nothing else to be optimistic right. about. They're already officially eliminated. So and and Jordan has been the constant there, right? They've changed yep. coaches a You're million right. times. They have flipped the roster. So uh, I think it's good for the team, frankly, if if he's just out of there. And he's not going to hurt, right, financially, because every no. NBA team just get more and more valuable. So he'll make money yeah. on it. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, who do you think is the MVP this year? Take away who's been the best player. I, I mean, Giannis is on the best team, and he, you know, he's putting up he's putting up those numbers. I, I mean, that's who I'd start a franchise with if I could. I'd start it with him, but. Who's going to be the MVP and why? Yeah, it's two two totally different questions. I, I'm I agree with you that if you said the playoffs start tomorrow, you get to pick one guy to start a team with. It's Giannis, hands down, yep. no question. Yep. Uh, that's that's yep. the best player in the world. Um, he hasn't had his best season though, and so it's yeah. it's Jokic or it's Embiid. I have Jokic at the moment by how whatever the slimmest possible margin is, like if Embiid keeps up this run he's on for another week, I might change my mind. I think this is a, this is a race that needs to be decided after this, the very last game. It's just, it's that close between Embiid and Jokic. Um, but 
I think we, we agree, but Giannis is just the guy. He's the guy. There's no question. He's the best player in the world. Just between you, me, and the fence post, who do you got coming out of the West? Who's going to play for the NBA Finals? Just based on your gut. I, I think if Kevin Durant is healthy, I would take the Phoenix Suns over everybody else in the conference. Um, okay. If he's not, then I got to go Denver, and I feel terrible about that pick. <laughs> I mean, it's so, it is ridiculously crazy. The Pels are 13 and a half games back. They're two games out of the sixth spot. Just two. But, of course, right. they would have to win games. And that's that. You talk about a crapshoot. You just never, ever know. Uh, Grant Hughes, enjoy the stretch run, man. It's always great talking to you. I know you're a busy man, but I greatly, greatly appreciate it, as always. Thanks, Jordy. Always a pleasure. You're the best. Grant Hughes, Bleacher Report, our NBA analyst. It is the wild, wild west, without question, without out. We will take a time out here. It's a Tuesday tradition. The Black and Gold Report with the Saints News Network's Bob Rose next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Well, um, we here at the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, would, would love your help. Um, can you go help us out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at the game, Louisiana, and turn that bell on so you can get notifications when we post our new content and game recaps, help us get to a thousand followers. And then we'll go on and on and on and on. So help us, right? Subscribe at the game, Louisiana on YouTube. It's time for Jordy to march into some New Orleans Saints talk with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Always one of my favorite days of the week when we get Bob Rose from the great Northwest or North Midwest uh, to join us. Uh, Bob, we got a little cold weather down here. How are things in your neck of the woods? Uh, it, it, happy, happy second day of spring. Uh, our yes. neck of the woods, we actually hit 50 degrees, uh, which is almost 20 degrees uh, warmer than what it has been for almost two weeks. So I'll take oh, it. Oh, man. It's time to go lay out in the sun, man, and get right? some rays. <laughs> All right. Well, let's I've got a lot to talk about with these New Orleans Saints. Since last uh, we spoke, uh, the Saints picked up and has he has signed on the dotted line defensive back Lonnie Johnson Jr., previously with the Tennessee Titans. Now he's with the Saints. It's a one-year deal per the score. What do you think of that one? Uh, I like the move. Uh, Lonnie Johnson has Saints defensive back written all over him. And what I mean by that is he's extremely versatile. Uh, you know, he, he, he played wide receiver for a bit in college, uh, but he's shown the ability at the NFL level to play in the slot. Uh, you know, he could play either safety spot, uh, has the athleticism for a single high alignment, the physicality to play down in the box. Uh, a lot of the same kind of things that P.J. Williams was able to do for this defense. Now, Lonnie Johnson is not going to take the starting job of Marcus Mayer, Tyron Matthew, obviously. Uh, but remember, 
Matthew is looking at a probable suspension this year, uh, you know, due to a DUI arrest a few years back. Uh, you know, and the Saints have very little depth at that position. Uh, you know, with uh, PJ still being a free agent, Sorensen a free agent, uh, etc. So, you know, Lonnie Johnson gives them not only versatility but starting experience. I really like this signing. Can he play uh, against the in the nickel in the slot? What, what what's he best suited for? Uh, I'd probably yeah I'd agree I'd agree with that you know his best attribute is probably nickel slot uh you know again you know not to belabor the point but just like PJ you don't want Lonnie and uh and man coverage a whole lot right. especially against a two or a three receiver for another okay. team uh but he excels in off ball coverage he has good instincts extremely aggressive break okay. on the football so any throws in front of him he's going to limit the gains uh you know and if that quarterback is just a tad off with his throws uh, you know, Lonnie has the playmaking ability to uh, to to bring the ball back the other way. All right, so that's one pickup. Uh, after we spoke last week, a day later, uh, I love this deal. Uh, running back Jamal Williams from the Detroit Lions signs with the Saints. He had the most rushing touchdowns a year ago. A three-year deal uh, worth twelve million with eight million in guarantees. Sign sign me off on this one. Oh, I love this signing, Jordy. Uh, you know, I, I felt all along like the Saints were going to bring in two running backs this offseason, one through free agency and then I, uh, probably another one through the draft. Uh, you know, and Jamal Williams is a quality NFL back. He is still young. He's coming off a career best, uh, you know, 10th, uh, 1,066 yard season. It's been 2007, since 2017 uh, when the Saints last had a 1,000 yard rusher. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at long, uh, uh, excuse me, Jamal is extremely physical between the tackles, but has that burst to get off tackle and into open space. He's not a great pass catcher, uh, but he'll be suitable for check down routes and things like that. Uh, you know, and, and again, Kamara is going to be facing a six game suspension. Yeah. So you know, the saints need a quality starter while he's out to be sure. And, you know, even when Kamara is active, we've seen this offense struggle for two seasons now because they haven't had a, a quality complimentary backfield threat. Jamal Williams checks off those boxes and to get him at a relative bargain. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And saints fans, you're going to love the attitude of this kid. He's a baller. Yeah, he said, I just, they're a really good team. I want to go there and, and help them get better. I, I love that. Um, earlier, uh, safety Ugo Amadi, has he signed with the Saints, the former Titan in chief? What's, what's his status? Yeah, he has signed with the Saints. Okay. Uh, you know, and that was kind of lost because I think that signing happened about two days before the yes. Derek Carr signing became yes. official. Yeah. Uh, uh, Amadi is a special team signing. There's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, but when he is on the field and in, in, in your defense, he will bring the lumber. He is a downhill guy. Uh, you know, he has, uh, I think, two or three interceptions in his career. Uh, but he's going to make receivers pay for catching that ball over the middle uh, you know, if, if he's in on your defense. Uh, I like the depth signing. He's, uh, you know, he's an upgrade in athleticism over what Daniel Sorensen brings and has a little bit more defensive experience than what JT Gray has uh, for the New Orleans Saints. So, you know, Amani is obviously going to have to ba- have to battle to make the roster. Uh, but if, you know, if he makes it, he has a lot of attributes that Dennis Allen uh, you know, is, and Marcus Robertson are going to love. 
Bob Rose, Saints News Network. We'll we'll start on this. We'll carry it over into our our next segment. But the Saints had 26 free agents from the 2022 season. Uh, we know that Andy Dalton has left to go to the Carolina Panthers. That leaves we have three running backs that are still free agents: Mark Ingram, Dwayne Washington, David Johnson. Any of those still on the Saints after this year? Going into next season? No, I don't believe so. Okay. Uh, you know, the, the signing of you know, Lonnie Johnson and you know, and Amadi, uh, you know, like we said, they're they're also going to play special teams. They yeah. re-signed Ty Summers, the linebacker. He's going to play special teams. Yeah, those spots are filling up quick on that special teams, right. and that's where Dwayne Washington excelled. Uh, you know, David Johnson, you know, his addition. It meant absolutely. It added absolutely zero to the offense. Uh, you know, Mark Ingram, you you hate to see his career end. Uh, you know, but I, I'm afraid that his last snap as a New Orleans Saint, uh, you know, was that third Not and short going play. out of bounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ouch. Uh, and ouch. Yeah. Yeah, and I, that, that's not his legacy, to be sure. Yeah, uh, and I hope Saints fans can get past that last memory because right. uh, you know he, he he was one of the franchise's all time greats. But I just I don't think he has enough left in the tank to give this team much if he's brought back. And I, and I'm still of the belief the Saints are going to draft a running back. Yes, sir. Okay, I don't know where, what round, or who. Just I I, I guess it all depends on how the dominoes fall. But I think they're going to draft a uh, another running back. Um, wide receivers. We know that Deontay Hardy uh, is leaving. He's gone to the Buffalo Bills. Free agents: Jarvis Landry, Marquez Callaway. Any of those in a Saints uniform next year? I'll tell you, that's a possibility for one of those guys. Uh, yeah, because yeah, the, the re-signing, uh, sorry, reworking of Michael Thomas's contract, that was huge for this team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, because yeah, it, Mike brings what Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid cannot, and that is a physical, unstoppable presence through the intermediate zone. Does that leave Jarvis Landry out? Because that's what he does. <sighs> Here's why I don't think it leaves Landry out, or even Callaway, because you know, Callaway's okay. a physical guy, too. Thomas has only played in 10 games the last three seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need some insurance behind that. Good point. I personally believe that the Saints are going to look for a bigger physical receiver in the late day two, early day three rounds of the draft. But if they can't find one, uh, yeah, that's when you're going to see a Jarvis Landry or maybe a Marquez Callaway come back after the draft. I don't think they bring in either of these, bring back either of these guys before the draft. But if they don't get what they want, and that is some insurance behind Michael Thomas, if a Landry is still available, I think it's possible. I don't know how big of a market there is for Jarvis Landry. To be honest with you, I just don't know. I tell you, I don't think there is is a big one. Uh, yeah, everybody can use veteran pass catchers, yeah. but you have to question. I mean, yeah, Landry's had two straight years now of you know, it, below par production and injury struggles, yep. and all those injuries have been in his legs. Yep, and you know that that's a wide receiver's uh, you know, one of their best attributes. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, when those legs start to go and you can't get separation anymore, what do you really have to give I, to a team? I don't care how good your hands are if you don't mm-hmm. get separation. That's it. All right, uh, we know that Jawan Johnson, the tight end, has signed up. I still think the Saints um, and others think the Saints need a tight end, so we'll we'll let that slip. Let's let's take our time out now. We'll come back. We'll reach uh, talk about some of the other free agents that are out there and. Could the Saints possibly be re-signing a player that they drafted in the fourth round 
13 years ago, cut after training camp. Would they sign him 13 years later? Former Tiger, former Saint, former Seahawk? We'll talk to that about that with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to each and every day by ShopRite, Tobacco Plus discount outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. There are 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana, so they're in your neighborhood. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon is in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, so many games to play, but guess what? But you can't win until you actually start playing by D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon. Everything under the sun under their roof, including their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger ever. And by Cajun Chef. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to The Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Continuing on with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network, the Black and Gold Report. Ah, just off to the side, uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson moving again. He signed a one-year deal with the Detroit Lions yesterday after spending last season with Philly. Man, keep your eye out on the Lions. I think they're going to be really, really good. All right, Bob. CJ, man, I miss that guy. He was something, man. I thought I thought his void was noticeable with the Saints. Yeah, I think it was very noticeable. Uh, but I, I agree with the team's decision to move on from him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had to trade him when they did. They almost had no choice. Right. Uh, I, but I think it's a great pickup for the Lions. And I agree with you. I think the Lions are very much a dark horse in the NSC, uh, you know, coming coming into 2023 season. If Jared Goff can play well, again, they're they're going to be tough. All right, let's continue with free agency for the Saints. Um, Offensive line, Josh Andrews, Ethan Greenwich. None of them float my boat. I, I don't even know them, to be honest with you. (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean they're you know they're depth pieces, and they also signed Storm Norton, uh, you know, one one of the better football names you'll find. Yeah, uh, you know, that, that used to play tackle for the Chargers. Uh, you know he's another guy he could play either left or right tackle. Has started at both spots, okay. but none of those guys are going to start. The Saints are, the Saints need a, a health from their top six offensive linemen. Right. Uh, you know, and I say six. They kept Andrews Pete around, which surprises Amazing. me a little bit. Amazing. Uh, but they, you know, you got two very good ones in Eric McCoy and Cecil Ruiz. You got Ryan Ramchek if he could stay healthy, holding down the right side. And they're counting on a rapid development from Trevor Penning. They right. get that. That's your left tackle. And yep. now all of a sudden, you and I both know it's not if Pete goes down, it's when. When and when that happens, I think that Hurst is a better fill-in at guard than what Calvin Throckmorton is. Now Throckmorton's a solid spot starter. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Yeah. But the Saints just need health from this unit. Bring uh, back Will than, Clapp. I don't think they need to add talent, though. Bring back Will Clapp. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, let's go <laughs> to the defensive side. We we saw a glutton of Saints. David Onyemata leaves to the Falcons. Marcus Davenport to the Vikings. Shy Tuttle to Carolina, but. To know Passigno is staying, and you still have Contavia Street, Malcolm Roach, Albert Huggins. Assess the defensive line. 
Actually, they don't have any of those three under contract currently. Uh, but what I do like that the Saints did, tw- less than 24 hours after losing, you know, Anya Mata and Tuttle, they went out and got, Col- you know, Kalen Saunders yep. and, you know, Nate Shepard, who All are right. both big, big athletic guys that are going to fill in that defensive interior. Uh, you know, I, I, I love those signings, but I don't think the Saints are done here. I still think they need to upgrade because, like you said, you know, Roach isn't under contract. Street isn't either. Right. They got to have a rotation inside. Do you think any of those make it street Roach? You think the Saints have interest in them? Uh, the Saints reportedly offered Roach a two-year deal. He wanted to test the market. Okay. Uh, so obviously there's interest there from the team. If Roach doesn't find whatever it is he's looking for on the open market, I think he'll be back. Uh, you know, Contava Street, uh, you know, he struggled a little bit against the run. But uh, over the first half of 2022, he was the be- the team's best interior pass rusher. So I think that there's a market to bring him back, too. I still think the Saints draft a tackle, but I also expect either Roach or Street to be back on this roster, maybe okay. both. Okay. Uh, linebackers, we talked before about Caden Ellis. Hated to lose him, but that was his choice. He thinks he can play more and better with the Falcons. Ty Summers is staying. The Saints locked him in. Uh, Andrew Dowell is a free agent. Chase Hansen's a free agent. What do you think of those two? Uh, both those guys are special teams. Uh, you know, they're, they're decent fill-ins. Uh, you know, if if you lose a guy, if a guy goes down in the middle of a game, but they're not guys you want starting. I say keep an eye on Demarco Jackson. Uh, you know, fifth round pick from Appalachian State last year. He had mm-hmm. a strong start to training camp before being lost for the year with injury. Uh, you know, his skill set. He's actually more athletic than what Caden Ellis is. So, you know, if uh, you know, if Jackson picks up the NFL game and the Saints' defensive scheme quickly i think this linebacking core could actually be better but the lack of depth still scares me i'd like to see the team pick up another younger free agent or maybe even a a, a grab an athlete in the draft um jt gray in the defensive tech and secondary is staying that's a special teamers right there Mm -hmm. for sure pj williams free agent what do you think well the the saints brought pj back on a one-year contract for four consecutive years. Yeah, uh, you know, and they did. Yeah, you know, the, this it, it unfolded the same way in all four of those years. They let PJ go out and test the market, and then ended up re-signing him either just before the draft or as soon as the draft was completed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the signing of Lonnie Johnson might put a monkey wrench into that, though. PJ still has the skill level to play in this defense, but Lonnie Johnson can do all those things that PJ Williams can. So you, know, you, you look at the secondary, and again, you, know, you you rule out JT because you, know, you love him, you love his attitude as a player, right. but this is for special teams. Right. You, know, you got um, Matthew, May, Lonnie, and then at cornerback, uh, you got Bradley Roby, you got uh, you know, obviously a Debo, Taylor. Uh, Lattimore and, and Lattimore that's seven that's eight seven eight spots right there is PJ Williams going to be brought back and be willing to be at the back half of your depth chart I don't know uh you know I, I, hopefully because you know I, I like what PJ brings to this defense but I wouldn't be surprised if his days as a saint were over Daniel Sorensen Chris Harris Isaac Yadam uh we saw that Justin Evans is leaving for Philadelphia um so there you go we'll see that's why you have training camp you got a lot of numbers and they have to make cuts so so Mm -hmm. we'll see where the Saints go from here I saw the the breakdown of Michael Thomas's contract restructuring anywhere from six and a 
half million to 15 or 16 million if he hits all of his all of his bonuses that's crazy yeah you want to talk about a player that's betting on himself uh yeah and you know, a memo to all you saints fans that don't think that either think that michael thomas has no interest in playing uh you know he's betting he's betting nine million dollars on himself uh, you know, that, uh, yeah, that those fans are wrong so you know i'd love to see the uh, thomas hit all those incentives because that means he's had a pretty darn good year yeah. With yeah. a brand new quarterback, yeah. and if that happens, these the Saints' offense is going to be an entirely different animal than we've seen the last two years. My producer James Mesh just sent me a text that said the Saints signed offensive lineman Storm Norton. Who the heck is that? Uh, Storm he bounced around the league a little bit. I think he was drafted back in 2017. Uh, he bounced around the league. Even had a stint in uh, you know, one of the XFL attempts uh, before they folded. But when he came back and the Chargers signed him, he started, I think, 15 or 16 games back in 2021, uh, you know, at right tackle. Uh, you know, he saw action in 12 or 14 games last year at, you know, as a reserve. Uh, Storm Norton, he's an extremely aggressive run blocker, very, very physical guy. Uh, you know, it's his feet that I have an issue with. He struggles with speed rushers, athletic rushers along the edge. Uh, you know, so, again, it's not a guy that you want starting multiple games in a row. But if you know, he is a guy that is capable of playing either left tackle or right tackle. So if he makes the roster, it's based off of that versatility where you can plug him in in a single game situation and hopefully not have that big a drop off. Our good friend Peter King um, came up with a suggestion for Aaron Rodgers' trade compensation for the Packers, and he said, give the Packers a 2023 second-round pick and a 2025 conditional pick. A first if Rodgers plays in 2024, a third if he doesn't. Seems fair to me. It's definitely fair, and it's yeah. It would be a win for the New York Jets. Yes, but are the uh, Packers going to go? What? No, we want more. Yeah, that's exactly what the Packers are going to do. Uh, yeah, and it, it, we're yeah, it, we're hearing obviously that the compensation is what the sticking point is between the Jets and Packers right now, and it's probably something along those lines. Uh, you know that the Jets want to kind of hedge their bets as much as they can and offer some conditional picks, while the Packers want this thing you know ironed down in cement. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, they'll they'll probably be a happy medium. Uh, you know, at the at the end of the day, but you got to believe that the it's going to be closer to what the Packers want because the Jets are uh, are the desperate team, not Green Bay. Cam Newton's throwing at Auburn's pro day. He wants to get back in the league. What kind of shot do you give that? I don't because if I'm not mistaken, Cam didn't play at all last year, uh, you know, and barely played the year before. And you know, when we did see him back. Uh, yeah, the last time he was on the field in full-time action, he just looked like his body was breaking down. Uh, yeah, and yeah, his style of play, you know, very physical running quarterback. Uh, you, know, you and I have always said that that style does not lend itself to a long career, especially at that position. I can't see any team having any, any strong interest in him unless it's a situation where a team loses a starter in training camp for the year uh, you know, and believes in the rest of their roster, then maybe you go out and sign a Cam Newton uh, you know, and you know, see what he has left in the tank. But I, I can't see anybody signing him, certainly not before the draft. 
There's all kinds of these mock drafts are great. I just love looking at them. I and mean, there's never one that has the same exact thing when it comes to the Saints. One has the Saints picking defensive tackle from Clemson, Brian Breesey. Uh, another has the tight end from Notre Dame. Another one has this. Another one has that. I guess that's what makes it fun. But again, now that you've looked and there's been a couple of additions here, um, where do you think the Saints go? With their first round pick, uh, Jordy, I tell you one thing that I loved about the Saints' offseason move, free agency move so far, is they're addressing all their major needs in free agency. You got your quarterback, you got your running back, you filled your defensive tackles, and what that means is this team is not going to go into the draft, and they rarely did so under Sean Payton either. This team is not going into the draft saying we have to get this position or we have to get that position. Uh, yeah, that's why you're seeing those mock drafts all over the place. Yeah. I personally think that they address defensive line in the first round. Uh, defensive tackle looks to have some depth. So if they see an edge rusher that they like after having just lost Marcus Davenport, Saints fans do not be surprised if they spend another first round pick on a defensive end. Uh, yeah, I, I, and again, I think that's what have, I, I, I want a, somebody they can affect and rush the passer. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I, I love Granderson. I love passing, you know, but they're not going to be perennial pro bowlers. Uh, you know, Cam Jordan is going to be 34 years old in his 13th year. Uh, you know, and you know, outside of that, you have a major question mark at Peyton Turner. Can I we think get Hendrickson need... back. Can we get Hendrickson back, please? Not unless Cincinnati absolutely hey. loses their mind. No, no. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that the Saints probably go edge rusher is my hunch, uh, you know, with their first round pick knowing that they could get a quality defensive tackle in the second or third rounds. And I think that's what happens. Uh, I believe that they'll try to come out of here with a, a bigger physical receiver, perhaps as early as day two. Uh, now that bigger, big physical receiver, it might not be a wideout, might be a tight end. Yeah. Uh, that you know, the, the tight end position seems to be deeper in this draft than what the receiver position would be. Uh, you know, but I, I do expect that they'll come out of here with a, a, a physical pass catcher to work the middle of the field for Derek Carr. Uh, you know, and I mentioned before, I expect a running back too, probably in the middle rounds, the way this draft board shakes out. Uh, but the, they're going to want to between the tackles guy, uh, you know, who has a little bit of versatility that can catch the ball out of the backfield. You can find, one of those guys in the middle rounds and historically the new orleans has had some success with running backs in the middle and late rounds of the draft but i absolutely think that they address defensive line uh you know first and probably with a couple of picks has a team ever drafted a player in the fourth round cut him after training camp then signed him again in free agency 13 years later that would be the wild bookend for the saints and the former lsu player that they technically hit on and missed on because the Seahawks have released veteran defensive tackle Al Woods. Come on home, Al. Come on home. Absolutely. Uh, you know, move, move your stuff back in. You know, set up your retirement home in Louisiana. Uh, you, know, you, you could still get yourself paid on a one or a two-year deal. Uh, you know, dude. Al, yeah. Al Woods is 36 years old, but the man can still play. Uh, and you're not asking them to take 70, 80 percent of your defensive snaps. You already got Saunders. You already got uh, uh, you know, the, the Shepard, the kid from the Jets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think Woods is still capable of being a very strong part of the rotation. And I think you can get him relatively cheap. Bob Rose is the best in the business. Always fun. Thanks for the black and gold report, my friend. Take care.
You too, my friend. It's my pleasure. We'll see, uh, we'll see you soon. We got it. We'll be back to wrap it all up next. Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You want to take your lady out for a nice dinner, but you're low on cash? No worries. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse, a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. They're both located at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can only score these great prizes by becoming a a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple so heck go sign up today they say shooters shoot he's a man who shoots from the hip and a man who's hip when he shoots and no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the blonde bomber back to more of the jordy holberg show on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station all right, finishing touches. Thanks to our guest, Mike Scarborough, with every, the LSU Spring Football Practice Report. Justin Hill, the head coach of McNeese Baseball, seven straight wins, trying to make it eight against Houston tonight. Grant Hughes on the state of the NBA, where NBA legend, two-time finals MVP, Willis Reed died today at the age of 80. And Bob Rose of uh, the Saints News Network with the Black and Gold report uh if today march 21st is your birthday happy birthday from all of us to all of you you share yours with a uh, former running back 38 year old adrian peterson is he still in the league i don't know and uh from brazilian soccer ronaldinho is uh 43 no f- more famous soccer players than than brazilians it's just uh it's uh neymar pele ronaldinho and on and on and on and on um tomorrow we'll recap lsu baseball as they uh take on central arkansas we'll take on the ray we'll pr- recap the raging cajuns as they take on grambling uh we'll recap McNeese as they face Houston. The Pels take on the San Antonio Spurs tonight. If they don't win this one, they're done. They're done, and we won't talk about them anymore this season because they'll be done because the Spurs are playing tanking, and they're bad. They're tanking. So we'll do all of that. Can the USA beat Japan in the World Baseball Classic Final? We'll recap that. Michael Huguenin will join us from... um, on three.com uh, with all of his thoughts, including Nick Saban, maybe taking a little shot across the bow at Nate Oates, the basketball coach about uh, there's no such thing as being in a wrong place at the wrong time. We'll talk about that and much, 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 much more. So, Hope you enjoyed it half as much as we did bring it to you today. James Mesh, thank you so much for all you do as the producer. Thanks to all of you for listening in, whatever form or fashion that you do. Thank you, partners. <laughs> we couldn't do it without you. So come on back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 4. Same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until tomorrow, I am Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. That's the most important thing. Let's be kind to one another. And please, be happy. Life is short. Let's be happy about it. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh is next. See you tomorrow, everybody.